You're listening to the Lifting Her Voice podcast, episode number 107. Today we'll read Acts chapter 18 together. The Corinthian church is born, the Lord himself speaks encouragement to Paul, and we meet Apollos. Welcome to the Lifting Her Voice podcast. I'm your host, Joy Miller, and I invite you to grab your Bible and join me as we simply read God's Word together. Some things require discipline, and sometimes that's just not easy to muster by yourself, no matter how badly you want to do it or how much you know you should. It's just easier to do it with a friend. So refill your coffee or tea, get comfortable in your favorite chair, and follow along as I read aloud. I'm so glad you're here. Apollos was a first-century Alexandrian Jewish Christian. Wow, talk about an interesting worldview. He was very learned, and he taught about Jesus accurately, but he only knew the baptism of John and nothing about the salvation of Christ. This has always somewhat confused me, because if he didn't know about the salvation of Christ, what was he teaching about Jesus accurately? So I thought I'd dive into it. Well, a short dive. Turns out that Apollos knew Scripture very well. He knew that the Messiah was coming and even believed that indeed Jesus was that Messiah. But he wasn't making certain connections, the most important of which, in my mind, was the ministry of the Holy Spirit. John MacArthur says in his commentary, he was a redeemed Old Testament believer. You have to give him props, though, for being so teachable. Once Priscilla and Aquila pulled him aside and filled in his knowledge gap, Apollos was off and running and was integral in building the churches at Ephesus and Corinth. If you want to know more, I found a great bullet-pointed list at BibleWise.com. Acts chapter 18 After this, he left Athens and went to Corinth, where he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul came to them, and since they were of the same occupation, tent makers by trade, he stayed with them and worked. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, and tried to persuade both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself to preaching the word and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. When they resisted and blasphemed, he shook out his clothes and told them, Your blood is on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So he left there and went to the house of a man named 
Titius Justus, a worshiper of God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord, along with his whole household. Many of the Corinthians, when they heard, believed and were baptized. The Lord said to Paul in a night vision, Don't be afraid, but keep on speaking and don't be silent, for I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to hurt you, because I have many people in this city. He stayed there a year and a half, teaching the word of God among them. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack against Paul and brought him to the tribunal. This man, they said, is persuading people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. As Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or of a serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to put up with you Jews. But if these are questions about words, names, and your own law, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of such things. So he drove them from the tribunal. And they all seized Sosthenes, the leader of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribunal, but none of these things mattered to Gallio. After staying for some time, Paul said farewell to the brothers and sisters and sailed away to Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. He shaved his head at Sencrea because of a vow he had taken. When they reached Ephesus, he left them there, but he himself entered the synagogue and debated with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer time, he declined, but he said farewell and added, I'll come back to you again if God wills. Then he set sail from Ephesus. On landing at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church, then went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he set out, traveling through one place after another in the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native Alexandrian, an eloquent man who was competent in the use of the scriptures, arrived in Ephesus. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately about Jesus, although he knew only John's baptism. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. After Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. When he wanted to cross over to Achaia, the brothers and sisters wrote to the disciples to welcome him. After he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating through the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. I don't think that I've mentioned before that Paul was a tent maker by trade. Yes, between speaking engagements, he owned his own business. This was something that he thought was important, and you'll read much in future books how he never asked anyone for anything but worked to support himself. There is evidence in Scripture 
that fleecing people in the name of Christ was not invented in our times. It's as old as the church itself, apparently. But Paul was having none of it, and he admonished others to follow his example. This year and a half that Paul spent in Corinth was very significant. Just a few books down the road, we will read Paul's letters to the Corinthian church. Suffice it to say, they were big, but needed a lot of guidance. And don't you just love how God used Gallio to shut down more shenanigans by the Jews? There is a large cast of characters introduced in this chapter, people who were significant in their ministries, the spread of the gospel, and as excellent examples to us. Let's pray. O Father, Solomon spoke with your wisdom when he said that there is nothing new under the sun. So much of what we read here in Acts, and the Bible as a whole, reminds us that people are people regardless of the century. Help us to always remember, Lord, that this is the reason we need a Savior, that we need you. We are fallible and untrustworthy, self-serving, and prone to wander. We are grateful that you are the Good Shepherd. Thank you for caring for us. Amen. Thank you for joining me here today. I pray God will grow in you what has been planted and watered here. In this time of unprecedented struggle worldwide, we can look to God for guidance and comfort. Be sensitive to those in your circle of influence who need a word of encouragement and invite them to join us. If you like the show, it would be great if you'd give it a five-star review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you right here tomorrow. Be well.